This is Alive with Joseph. Glory to God. So we're looking at warfare in the marketplace. And I did part one last week. Please you go, you know, get the teaching. It's all over our social media platform and also all over every media platform, podcast media platform. Go there, listen to it. It will bless you. It will really bless you. And it will build you up to where I'm about to start right now. So we're looking at warfare in the marketplace. The end time I've come to discover that the weapon Satan is using is to manipulate the economy of nations in the marketplace. The Satan's end time weapon is manipulating the economy of nations in the marketplace. When the beast will show up in the end of age, according to the Bible, the Bible says that he will be sitting in the economy affairs of nations because whoever controls the economy will ultimately control the civilization of the people. Whoever will control the economy of a people will ultimately control their civilization. And over the years, church folks have only been consigned about material prosperity, which is very good because God promises us material prosperity and every one of us are entitled to material prosperity. It's our writing redemption, which is the cars and all of those things that pertains to life and godliness. But again, the Spirit of God is saying in this end time that there is a conspiracy against the church of Jesus Christ to marginalize her and systematically exclude her from the economy of the nations. So please understand that influence and glory are a byproduct of wealth. Influence and glory are related to wealth. That is to say, you cannot talk about influence and glory without wealth. And you cannot make certain contributions to the civilization of people without wealth. Even the Bible strengthens this argument. You cannot make certain level of contributions to the civilization of people without wealth. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 15 tells us about a particular man. The Bible actually didn't give us his name. The Bible actually used his status to describe him. The Bible said he was a poor man. He was, that's not a name. The Bible said he was a poor man, but he was wise and he saved the city by his wisdom. But nobody remembered that poor man. So this poor man, this poor man's wisdom or this poor man's wise counsel have contributed to the civilization of the city. Yet no one remembered him because his wisdom gave them victory, but there was no prosperity to continue the journey. So his wisdom brought civilization to the people, but when it came to going beyond the point where, you know, now they needed prosperity, nobody remembered him. So the Bible said he saved the city with his wisdom, but they forgot him. And that poor man symbolizes the church. The church wisdom is being despised in so many nations across the world. Even though global civilization can be traced to the church. Listen friends global civilization would not have existed without the church. Global civilization is as a result of the church. The church has helped global civilization. But you will discover that you know because the church has no foothold in the economy of the nations, the church voice is not being heeded to when it comes to the contributions the church has made to the civilization of the nations of the planet earth. So believers have been systematically excluded in the marketplace. Believers have been 
carefully removed from the marketplace. They have been carefully displaced from the marketplace. Listen, when you study the scriptures very well, the greatest attack the disciples of Jesus Christ faced was in the marketplace. And you must understand, friends, that the wealth transfer agenda of God is real. The wealth transfer agenda of God is real and true. And the greatest battle the church of Jesus Christ will fight is the battle of her people in the marketplace. The greatest battle the end time church will fight is not going to be a battle of witches and wizards. It's going to be a serious battle in the marketplace because whoever controls the economy of nations will ultimately determine the direction the civilization of the people will go. And that is why the greatest battle that the church will fight is going to be in the marketplace. And that is why you must be conscious of the fact that you are in the kingdom and everything you look at in the marketplace has to be in respect to the kingdom that you belong to. Whatever will want to interrupt the agenda of God in the marketplace is what you paying attention to. That is to say, friends, when you, when you get to the marketplace and you see See the manipulation of hell wanting to interrupt the agenda of God in that territory where God has placed you. You must understand that God has put you there so that you can intervene and bring to pass the purposes of God in that territory. Let's give Jesus praise this morning. Let's give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. So when you look at the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you will discover that all his disciples, all, all his disciples, all of Jesus' disciples, we are all people in the marketplace. Everyone, none of them was picked from the temple. None of them was picked from the temple. All of Jesus' disciples were people in the marketplace. Peter was found fishing. He was a fisherman. Luke was a medical doctor. The Apostle Paul, the man that wrote almost the entire New Testament scripture, the man that wrote the entire New Testament, he was a renowned lawyer. He studied under a very powerful attorney called Gamaliel. So when you study the scriptures, you will see that all of Jesus' disciples were men and women in the marketplace. That is why I told you last week that your, your work of God that you do is not in this place. The work of God that you do is out there because when I look through the life of Jesus, all of his disciples, let's put it this way, all of his assistant pastors, we are all men and women in the marketplace, all, every one of them there was no one single one of them that was not picked from the marketplace when you look at Zacchaeus, for example, the man that climbed the sycamore tree to look for Jesus, he was a tax collector, which in our time, he should have been a man who was working for SARS when you look at Lazarus, the man who died in the tomb for four days, he was in the marketplace, his, his sisters were all in the marketplace all of Jesus' disciples they were men and women in the marketplace oh what about Joseph of Arimathea he was a man who was Jesus' disciple the one who you know helped to take down the body of Jesus and buried it he was in the marketplace together with him and Nicodemus I mean if you remember Nicodemus the, the man that came to Jesus in John chapter 3 these men they were men and women in the marketplace and God was able to ride on, on the wings of their deployment to do great things for the kingdom of God 
So you being in the marketplace is the will and the agenda of God for you. And you must understand that you are there to serve the purposes of the kingdom and bring to pass the agenda of God that has been designed for our time. Give Jesus your highest praise this morning. And when you look at that scripture very well, you will discover that if it was not for Joseph of Arimathea, the man who had wealth and influence, the body of Jesus will have remained on the tree. The body of Jesus will have remained on the cross. And do you know the implication of that? Oh, you don't understand the implication. The implication of that was if the body of Jesus has remained on the cross overnight, what will have happened is the redemption purpose of God will have been aborted. It will have been because cause is he that hangs on a tree. Because he was hanging on a tree, he was not supposed to spend the night there. But thank God for a prophetic man like Joseph of Arimathea who had wealth and had influence and by his influence he went to Herod and said look, can I take his body? I demand for his body. Remember by prophecy, Jesus' body was also to be buried in an empty tomb, in a virgin tomb listen, if the man had no money, he wouldn't have been able to bury Jesus in a, in, a, in, a, in a virgin tomb, and he brought down Jesus, and buried Jesus in an empty tomb, in a virgin tomb, that no man has ever used men and women in the marketplace men and women in the marketplace stop leaving your marketplace or say you want to do ministry you want to go and no 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 you are in the finest place of ministry listen I repeat you are in the finest place of ministry give Jesus praise God doesn't need another one more church. God needs men and women that will take over because the global civilization cannot happen. The believer cannot contribute to global civilization if they do not have wealth and influence. Wealth and influence. Wealth and influence. That is how you can contribute to global civilization. That is how we can contribute to global civilization. Anything outside that, we cannot contribute to global civilization. And God is calling us to that place. So child of God, understand that the weapons for kingdom advancement is not just prayer and anointing only. Prayer, anointing, let me add the other two that we have never spoken about in the church of Jesus Christ. It is influence and wealth. They are also weapons for kingdom advancement. So these are the four weapons for kingdom advancement. Prayer, the anointing, influence, wealth. Prayer, anointing, influence, wealth. The church has only concentrated only on prayer and anointing. That is why when they invite a believer to a place that a believer is supposed to make meaningful contribution, they tell you to open in prayer. So you must understand that that's, we, we must come to the place where God wants you and I in the marketplace to begin to contribute to global civilization. But if we do not understand the place of prayer, the place of the anointing, the place of wealth and influence, we miss out. We miss out. We are not able to contribute and be able to advance the kingdom of God. And every one of us must have, we must have equal value on all of this. The anointing, the prayer, influence and wealth. Hallelujah. Do you know friends, that Satan 
has done more damage in my study I've come to discover he has done more damage to the church through poverty and lack than he has done through demonic attacks on believers he has done more damage more damage satan has systematically excluded believers from the marketplace and by doing so he has harmed their faith and dislocated them he has harmed their faith and dislocated them listen friends Many believers' business have suffered untold hardship in the marketplace. And because of this hardship, many believers have developed stress. Many believers have developed stress. The stress they have is not as a result of sickness. It's, as, it's not as a result of demonic attack directly on them. It's as a result of battles in the marketplace. So that tells you that Satan understands warfare in the marketplace. Battles in the offices, battles over careers. So when I'm talking about warfare in the marketplace, you need to pay serious attention to what I'm saying because your victory in the marketplace is not just for the betterment of your life, it is also for the coordination of global harvest and kingdom advancement. So let's go back to our text, Daniel 3. The Bible says that the, kings bring, the king brings them in, the three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And when he brought them in, he requested them to change their mind. He, he requested them to change their mind concerning their decisions. Have you ever been in that place, friends, where your situation wants you to change your mind concerning what God said? He requested them, change your mind, guys. I'm going to I'm going to give you a few minutes to change your mind. Have you ever been in that place where the pressure at work is trying to force you to change your mind? Trying to force you to change your mind concerning God's assignment over your life, concerning the assignment given to you, concerning the assignment Jehovah has mandated you to carry out. Have you ever been in that place? He brought these guys in and said, change your mind, guys. And the Bible recorded verse 14 to 18. Let's read Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do you, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all the things of music, you shall, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if you worship not, you will be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Who is that God? The man boasted. Who is that God that can deliver you from my hands? Listen guys, do you know who I am? I am Nebuchadnezzar. Don't you know? Even my name alone tells you how fierce and how wicked I am. Do you know who I am? I am, I am Nebuchadnezzar. He, he, he equated himself to God. That is why he said, I don't, let me see the God that can deliver you out of, he didn't say let me see the man. He said let me see the God that can deliver you out of my hands. Why? Because he was sitting as a God. 
He was sitting as a God over the economy of nations, over the civilization of nations. And he said, let, let me see that God. But that was where he went too far. I came to announce to you, your God will deliver you in the name of Jesus. I didn't hear your amen. He said, let me see. He felt his hands was too strong that when he grips a thing, nothing can rescue that thing out of his hands. But he forgets there is a God who delivers to the uttermost. There is a God who when he fights your battle, he fights a clean battle. He makes sure that there are no, there are, there, he, he, you, you can't find traces leading to you. He is a God who he defends you in the midst of every attack and assault of Satan. He said, let me see. How dare you? So let me see the God that will deliver you out of my hands. That was a boastful man. Let me see the God. Do you know how I'm connected? Let me see the God. Do you know how powerful I am? Maybe there are things boasting to you in the office. Let me see the God that will rescue you. Do you know how politically connected I am? Do you know who? Do you know who I am? Do you know how wealthy I am? Do you know the amount of money I control? Let me see the God that will deliver you. And I came to tell you this morning, you might have been afraid of the boast of the wicked, but I came to announce to you, the wicked will never exert themselves against the righteous. The Bible said the rod of the wicked will not rest upon the lot of the righteous. Lest the righteous put their hand into iniquity. I declare over you this morning, every rod of the wicked stretched against your business, against your career, be broken in the name of Jesus. I didn't hear your amen. Be broken in the name of Jesus and listen and they told the king we will not change our mind come and say I will not change my mind I didn't hear say I will not change my mind so we will not change our mind consigning our God listen Nebuchadnezzar whatever you call yourself we will not worship you neither are we going to bow to your image we will not change our mind. Have you been changing your mind lately? Because of the pressure at work. Have you been changing your mind lately because of the pressure in business? Have you been changing your mind lately? Have you, have you been changing your mind lately secretly where no one sees you? So we will not change our mind. We are not planning to. We are not intending to. We are not thinking of doing it. Listen friends. This man's decision of not changing their mind is showing to us that God is looking for people he can trust with lifting. When he knows that you will not treasure or when, you, when he knows that you will treasure your deployment more than the benefits of the deployment, he trusts you with lifting. These men, they treasure their deployment more than the benefits of their deployment. This man, they treasured what God has assigned to them more than where they have been assigned to. Because when some, when someone loves the benefits more than the assignment, they will protect the benefit at all costs. For example, when it comes to time for you to stand for the truth, you will not stand for it because you are afraid of losing the benefits. Have you been running away from the truth because you don't want to lose the benefits? When it's time to stand for what is right, 
when you treasure the benefits more than the assignment when it's time to stand for what is right you will not want to because you don't want to lose the benefits you have so these three Hebrew boys said we cannot compromise our assignment for the benefit because an assignment is not valid if you are not willing to suffer for it any assignment you're not willing to be persecuted for is not a genuine assignment it is not a real assignment if you're not willing to be persecuted for it and listen to me friends you're here you're leading a business leading a department in a government or private sector you are involved in one form of leadership in in the in the marketplace listen it's an assignment from god and if you are not willing to be persecuted for what god has committed into your hands then your assignment is not genuine and if you lead a business here you own a business you lead a business you lead a department private or public sector and you have a culture you have cultivated in the place and you are not willing to be persecuted for the culture then you have set that business you have set up that business for failure if you are not willing to fight for the culture that you have set up in that business it is no longer a culture it is a suggestion and listen if you have envisioned the culture into what you are leading you must be willing to value the culture over gifts because if your organization will come into contact with people who have good gifts but don't value your culture the people with good gifts and zero value for your culture they will erode the progress of your organization that is why at a life church we don't value gifts no 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 matter how gifted you are it doesn't move me because you will create problem for the organization tomorrow do you value gifted people in your in your in your business can that explain why your business is going nowhere because they are gifted they do not place value on your culture you keep letting it slide you keep letting it slide you keep letting it slide because you do not want to be persecuted because the person is too gifted listen 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 to these friends the gifts that don't value your culture will only cause your organization to go backwards than when you have an average gift who value your culture many businesses have shut down because of gifted people zero value your business has a culture of coming early you have a gifted person who just rocks up anytime they like and you pretend you didn't see it and we must understand that when you do not want to be persecuted for your culture then it's just a suggestion so one thing you should understand is some people are very gifted but with their gift comes a huge baggage some people are very gifted but their gift comes with a huge baggage one example that comes to mind was a former mba star called dennis rodman dennis rodman was incredibly gifted but with a lot of baggage he this man was one of the most you know he carried so much baggage so much baggage in 1998 he skipped a training they were playing a final match the next day he skipped a training to go attend WWE match so that he can appear on the stage with Hulk Hogan because he felt he was gifted 
Very often that is a challenge. Gifted people don't want to train. Gifted people want to skip training. I don't care how gifted you are. You must train. You must train. You must go through the discipline of training because the discipline of training is to help you. And that's why I love men like Cristiano Ronaldo. How many of you know him? In as much as he's gifted, he doesn't skip training. So when you have organization where, you know, but pastor, you know, you know, you know, my voice is already too good. I don't have to rehearse. Ah! Ah! No, 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 no. We're not looking for your voice. If we're looking for voice, we'll hire people. Amen. Give Jesus praise, please. So for me as a leader, I would rather have a healthy culture with less gifts. Because a culture is not a culture if you're not willing to be persecuted for it. So as a business owner, as a head of a department, a supervisor, what gifts have you allowed that is messing up the culture in what you are leading? What gifts have you allowed? Because if you do not address it soon, your business will suffer a setback. Your department will suffer a setback. Your team's morale will go down. So let's get back to our test. So the king said to them, I'm not only going to throw you inside the fire, I'm going to heat the fire seven times. Now, by this time, the king was already outraged. He said, I'm going to heat the fire seven times more. Now, fire is a figure of speech for so many things in the Bible. But in this case, fire meant trials and troubles. Tribulation. It meant tribulation. It meant trials. It meant trouble. So the king simply said, I am going to make your tribulation. I'm going to make your troubles. I'm going to make your trials even seven times more difficult than it already is. So some of you right now, you have the fire turned up seven times at work. Some of you right now, the, the devil have turned up the fire seven times in your business. But I came this morning to tell you, the intensity of the heat of the fire turned up against you cannot abort the purposes of God for you in that office. It cannot cancel the agenda of God for your business. Listen friends, fire when it is turned up for the believer, it is not to consume you, it is to refine you. And the Bible says that the believer is a gold. And every gold must go through fire because when a gold goes through fire, it removes the impurities so that the gold can become pure. Listen friends, I don't know the fire turned up against your business. But I came this morning to announce to you, the fire will not destroy you in the name of Jesus. I say it will not destroy you in the name of Jesus. Let me hear your loudest. Amen. Boldly declares that I produce results despite pressure. I didn't hear you say I produce results despite pressure. So the fire will not burn you. Rather it will refine you. It will refine your skill. Refine your temperament. Refine your ability to handle pressure and produce results in the midst of chaos. Do you know what this corona is? It's fire. 
is fire. Many will go through this fire, they will not come out alive. But many will go through this fire, they will be refined. I don't know which one you choose to go through. Do you want to go through it and be refined or go through it and not come out? Declare it again. Say, I will produce results despite pressure. Now give Jesus your highest praise on that. Let me close with this. Let me add this. Verse 24 to 25, Daniel 3. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? Into the midst of the fire. This was now after he had bound them, heated up the fire seven times. He took them and threw them inside the fire. The conversation continues now. Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, Through all king, he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, not tied, loose. I see four men lose. They are not just loose in the fire. They were walking in the midst of the... How do you walk in the midst of the fire? It doesn't make sense. What God is about to do for you will not make sense. I didn't hear your amen. I say it will not make sense. They were walking. How do you walk in the midst of the fire? How, how, how do you walk in the midst of the fire? He said, and they have no hurts. And the form of the fault is like the son of God. Son in capital letter, S-O-N, which speaks of Jesus. He threw three men into the fire. But he saw four men in the fire. The fourth person was the pre-incarnate Christ. Not the post-incarnate manifestation of Jesus Christ. The pre-incarnate Christ. Not the post-incarnate Christ. I repeat, pre-incarnate Christ. Do you know the gravity of what I've just said? That means this was Jesus before birth, before crucifixion, before death, before burial, before resurrection, before glorification. Listen, according to eternal timetable, it is not supposed to happen. That is, Jesus is not supposed to manifest the way he manifested in the old covenant. That was the pre-incarnate Christ, not the post-incarnate Christ. That is to say, friends, heaven broke their eternal protocol just to go fight the battle of a man deployed. <laughs> heaven bypassed Mary getting pregnant. Hey, heaven bypassed Mary being visited by angels. Heaven bypassed Mary delivering a boy called Jesus. Heaven bypassed death, burial, resurrection, glorification. And they took Jesus and said, you are needed here because angels cannot handle this one. I don't know who you are. God will appear on your behalf in the name of Jesus. God will appear on your behalf in the name of Jesus. And Jesus appeared. And the man said, he's the son of God. He knew he was Jesus. He didn't confuse it. He didn't say angel. Jesus. He said, I see them. For the man understood Jesus. Could we safely say that Nebuchadnezzar met Jesus? He said, it's Jesus. 
And the Bible said they were walking. Jesus was discussing with them, guys, your next promotion is here. Now let me give you the matching orders for your next level. They were receiving instruction as they were discussing. They were not in the fire crying. No, they were, they were just walking around. Jesus was saying, guys, now you have been lifted because when we bring you out here now, this is the next thing you must do. And these guys were walking with Jesus. These guys are not born again, but they walked with Jesus. These men didn't know salvation, but they walked with Jesus. Are you understanding what is going on here? These guys, these guys, these guys were not prophets. All the prophets couldn't walk with Jesus. Even Moses, the best of them all, the best he could see was God passing like a shadow. That was the best. That was the best Moses. Moses, listen, Moses was not your ordinary prophet. He was the best humanity had ever produced when it comes to spirituality but when it was time for God to pass God had to cover him and pass by but these guys they walked with Jesus before pre-incarnation before post-incarnation listen friends that tells me God will fight for you in that marketplace no matter what he will defend you no matter what he will break protocols for your sake listen to me and listen well that business it will rise in the name of Jesus I didn't hear your loudest amen your career will rise in the name of Jesus your destiny will rise in the name of Jesus you will enter your next level in the name of Jesus give me three Amen. Two, three, give Jesus praise. You are deployed. God will fight for you. Oh, the same God who fought for them will fight for you. He broke protocol to appear on their behalf. He sent Jesus, the Son Himself. He didn't send angels. There are certain battles that angels cannot fight this one. Remember Paul and Silas? Angels were not needed. God needed to appear in the prison himself. Are you understanding me this morning? Concerning your business, can I announce to you? God will show up on your behalf. I say he will show up concerning your career. He will show up concerning your life. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Boldly declare, say in the name of Jesus, I produce results despite pressure. Declare, say I produce results despite pressure. Declare again, say I produce results despite pressure. If you believe you give Jesus praise this morning, let's rise on our feet as we go home. I produce resolve despite pressure. Oh, lift your voice in thanksgiving and begin to bless the name of the Lord. Thank you so much for listening. We believe you were blessed by the word. For more, please visit our website, www.alivewithjoseph.com as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, Alive with Joseph Ngocha. Till next time, God bless.